Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, I'm James and welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. The EcoSend podcast is a weekly show where I am talking to people who are leading businesses and leading change in the world and really focusing on trying to make the planet a little bit better. This week, I am thrilled to be joined by Rebecca Heaps of Tentshare. Now, Rebecca is a passionate advocate for regenerative economies. As the driving force behind Tentshare, a pioneering sharing economy platform, Rebecca encourages affordable camping by facilitating the sharing of camping equipment within local communities across the UK. Now, Rebecca, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, good to see you today. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. And really pleased to be here. Thanks for the invite. Awesome. No, it's great Great to have you on the show. So, yeah, Rebecca, in your own words, what are you up to? Tentshare sounds awesome. I haven't been to many festivals recently. I haven't been to many festivals full stop, but I feel like I should be. I feel like I'm I'm not cool enough lately. Tell me <laughs> how, how... That's the main reason why I, I, I keep thinking you would have a tent. But actually, really, there's a lot of reasons why you might have a tent, I guess. So, uh, But yeah, tell me more about what you're up to, Rebecca. I'm keen to hear yeah, so we do have a festival arm to the tent share model, but how it really started was by I wanted to rent out my own bell tent to make a bit of extra money and started to do that and it was doing fairly well. And then I thought, oh, I'll put it on a platform just like Airbnb, but for tents. And one did not exist. There isn't one. And so I was moaning about that to someone and they said to me, why don't you start, stop moaning about it and get on and, and do it? So, and that's how Tentshare came into creation. So it's been created so that anyone who owns a tent can put their tent onto the platform and rent it out to earn a bit of extra money. But also more crucially is that they are allowing someone else to get in access to camping equipment and kit to be able to access nature more affordably. Mm. You know, you do get the added bonus of getting a bit of extra income from something you already own, but it's getting other people to be able to access camping and, and therefore nature really. So yeah. That's actually, that's amazing. So yeah, there's there's two very, there's a bunch of different aspects there to why Tentshare is a great thing to exist in the world. And now you mention it, I've not really done a lot of camping before, mainly because I'm like, oh, I'd need all the stuff and I need I need exactly. all, the, all this extra equipment. So, well, now I am far more aware of Tentshare. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, so going to remove that excuse I have. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to go camping, pop on the Tentshare platform and, and choose the tent that's fit for your 
you know, trip, instead of buying one that may may be good for that trip, but maybe not good for the next trip, you, you get yeah. access to all the different types of tents, James. So, yeah, there's no excuse I now. I, I can't wait to see you out camping. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no pressure now. <laughs> the next podcast will have to be in a tent on a camper, yeah. Go a bit more remote. Yeah. And that's, I, that, th- thank you for the explanation. I, th- I think that sounds awesome. I hope, I'm sure many people listening or watching will be quite keen to check it out, actually. Airbnb for tents. Yeah, um, I was going to call it, when I was thinking of the name for it, before I landed on Tentshare, I was going to call it Fresh Airbnb. Oh, yeah, that is actually brilliant. That's really good. I was like, I can't face the litigation of that. Yeah, more lawsuits, I think, yeah. down that path. But I, li- I like that too. Yeah, it's a good name, isn't it? I, I, I yeah. wish I was a bit braver on that, but yeah. Amazing. You can always get a domain, I guess, redirect it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. <laughs> One for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned how you sort of stumbled into running, or oh, I say, not meant in a mean way at all Uh, like how you ended up running Tentshare but like did you already have a passion for the the environment the climate as well or did did one follow the other so like what was your journey to to that point because I guess maybe many people come across that challenge not many people take that extra leap to actually go and set up a whole business around it yeah absolutely and I I have thought about that and I've always been interested in the environment. I've always been very conscious of of treading softly on on the earth, as it were, but never really known how to address that. So I have another business, family owned business, but uh, my one of my things that I try and do with that is add in eco-friendly options but that's like a a retrofit for for a family business that's already up and running so when I created my own business I was like right this is brilliant because I can do it my way Um, and I I always have worked on the principles in fact they're Quaker principles which are peace truth equality integrity and simplicity and so that's embedded in tent shares values and it's because it's part of how I live my life it's also how Tentshare has grown those those values are totally embedded which means that of course it's going to be a social enterprise of course it's going to be looking after the earth um because that's what you know that's what I believe in and yeah taken from from the Quaker principles which I think anyone can live their lives by that (laughs) I'm not a Quaker but anyone can live (laughs) their lives by those principles the five principles and uh, you won't go far wrong I reckon that's that's amazing yeah I you know what I I have to admit I wasn't actually too familiar with with the the fact that there are with those five principles as being being part of that so what were they again just to so I try and remember it by I think it's pests peace equality okay. simplicity truth oh and integrity you know it doesn't quite work yeah yeah pesty yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah I see if you if I you think those. about yeah. those yeah if you think about those you 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 won't go far wrong if you apply that to everything it, yeah you know, does it bring peace does it bring equality does it bring simplicity which is sustainability does it have a truth to it and then yeah. it has it got integrity Probably need a lot more of all five in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, wow. That that's that's really cool. So so that's basically you already would sort of approach life like that before tent share, and and now it must feel amazing to be running something that is truly 
totally aligned with with those as well and it's so amazing and and i'm in control of it as well you know so if something comes across you know i do get approached by some people to maybe invest in tentshare or do something with tentshare and if if i apply those principles Mm. and they're not and they're not aligned with that then it's a very easy no for me or yes Yeah, yeah yeah can sleep a lot easier at night with that as sort of your kind of checklist yeah. way of, of dealing with things in life. Yeah, I, I love it. That's that's already tremendously inspiring. Oh, I, I, so, yeah. So I know um, one of the things you wanted to talk about, and I guess is very to to share, was about the sort of you call it use intensity or yeah. the intensity that, with which we use products. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we can all agree right now, right here, James, that we have enough stuff. Yeah. There's enough stuff in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah. If we stopped, you know, you've heard that st- that data. If you if you if we stopped making clothing tomorrow, we would be able to clothe with what we've already got the next six generations globally. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you can apply that to all the stuff we've got. You know, we know that we know that our landfills are filling up. We know that our seas are filling up with trash and it's all stuff. It's just stuff. And and we've been sort of we've been sleeping. We've slept sleptwalked is that a word (laughs) yeah sleepwalked (laughs) (laughs) into this incredible consumerist society which 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 is great for getting the economy going which is what needed to happen post-war so that was Mm. that was one of the you know one of the things that kept you know that instigated this massive consumption was that we needed to get the economy going so we're being great citizens so we're we're buying lots of things yeah that's great get the economy going make britain great again all of that but what's happened is is that we've we've become too good at it And, Mm. and we've forgotten that actually buying something new is not always the most joyful way and most pleasurable way of getting what you want and so with so with use intensity there's there's a thing so i i always talk in terms of tense because that's what i've learned yeah well you might be the expert on that then yeah for sure yeah i work with a carbon calculator guy called who founded no carbon k-n-o-w carbon and he worked with me on use intensity and carbon cost so what you have to imagine is it's cost a certain amount of carbon for this item for the tent to be manufactured and to arrive at the place that it's at so for instance a single use festival tent is about 32 kgs of carbon to get to that point now we've worked out with use intensity if you use it once and throw it away it's cost 32 kgs of carbon yeah right okay if you use it and use it and use it that carbon cost is decreasing through use intensity so we've worked out i I say we (laughs) galvin amon worked out that if you use it for 10 weekends You've basically paid off the carbon cost. And then the clever thing is then, if you start using it beyond that, you're becoming regenerative. Mm, You're about to give back to the planet. And that's the power of use intensity. So instead of Mm. throwing something away and buying something new, what the key, the key to this crisis that we're in, in my opinion, and in others, Mm. is to use what we already own. 
and yeah. use it and use it and use it. And then when we can't use it anymore, repurpose it to repair yeah. it, to repurpose it, to clean it, to share it, to swap it, ah, and to rent it, obviously, rent yeah, <laughs> a tent. obviously, obviously. Uh, yeah, and that's the beauty of tent share is that people have tents. Usually people have, if they're campers, they have a few tents in their in their homes, okay. which yeah. get used maybe one or, once or twice a year and then mm. not used again. So they're not getting use intensity. And what, mm -hmm. the, what tent share does by allowing, facilitating the the match of a, a person who would like to use a tent and someone who owns a tent is to increase that use intensity yeah so that's that is extremely interesting i guess maybe uh, coming at it from a a novice uh, background i'm intrigued at that point where there's that sort of inflection point rebecca like so i kind of i definitely get get it where you're sort of reusing the thing when you get to that sort of was it 10 uses yeah what, what makes it regenerative at that point out, out of interest well because you're not at that point it you've used up the carbon it's not i mean it's not an exact science and i'm i'm yeah, no carb expert it's it's basically yeah. it's got one kg of carbon still you know in it i, I don't know the proper yeah. terms we'd have to you should get aiming on <laughs> yeah maybe we will yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. so once you've used up the carbon cost of manufacture of sure. shipping of getting it to that point and you've used yeah. it for sort of 10 weekends there no new tent is being made so that's a carbon yeah. saving yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and it's almost like it's almost like back backwards if if you sort of mm. start thinking you know you kind of by keep using it you're kind of giving back to the to the planet plus plus mm. because you're not taking from the planet you're giving yeah, back yeah, more yeah. than you're taking that's that's it it's the yeah. balance uh, it, it's, yeah. it's difficult for me to get it but it's about a balance it's like you're taking, I, taking, yeah. taking, and once you start working on that use intensity, you're giving back. Once you've got that balance yeah. where it's like yeah. zero carbon, you're starting then to give it yeah. back. Does that does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I'd have it to double check does. with yeah, yeah Amen. No, it definitely <laughs> does, and I think that that you know it's it's easy to get caught up into the specific calculations, and I think a lot of people struggle with this sometimes with any kind yeah. of carbon calculation. It's like we want it to be this precise science but it can vary by there's like just such an almost infinite number of variables that can so many impact so that many. measurement but the high level story there is like get a tent or get a if whatever product you buy the more you use it the more you're exactly. going to make the best use of what all of the resources and effort that's gone into making that yeah. thing and the longer and more more intense you use it then yeah. you're you're doing more justice to that that effort that's gone in and uh, I, I totally agree with you it makes me think of like you know that in my my dad and his shed and some of the tools he has are older than me yeah, <laughs> and they, yeah. it seems like they used to make them a lot better back then and and now it's like oh yeah you just go down go on amazon and click one button and buy buy a new thing it doesn't matter but yeah. i think it does <laughs> it does and especially yeah. as it's such it's on you know it's on mass it's it's we're buying a huge amount of stuff over and over and over again yeah you know yeah. and and there's no need for it and what people forgotten and this is this is well i have i mean i have a i have a huge vision <laughs> which has mostly been inspired from the collaborative and collectives that i've i've been in so it's not it's not my vision it's a co collective vision yeah. but 
you know, if we stop buying new things and you say, right, well, well, what are we going to do about paying the manufacturers? What are we going to do about all of that? And it's like, well, why don't we start upskilling them to start repairing, to start being, you know, skilled repairers, skilled cleaners, skilled repurposers, so that when you walk down the high street, you take your blanket that you've purchased that maybe have cost you a bit more than going down to Primark and getting a blanket that that's a bit more so it's a, a higher quality and you take it down the high street and you go and chat to people and someone will mend it for you someone will clean it for you if it if it's been damaged someone else will be able to show you how to repurpose that into a jacket if it's no longer being used and what you're doing then is you're creating like a much deeper connection with that item so with tents we mend them we we mend poles we tents are tents are so fixable so poles can mm. be mended easily i i'm a i'm a fully qualified tent mechanic and i'll get to that in a minute <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can, kids love <laughs> yeah i can mend poles i can mend tears on a tent i can you can re-waterproof and you can re-solar proof it right so mm. basically all elements and we can mend zips Right. So all elements of a tent are ultimately fixable. For, but also what happens there is you're creating a tent that has a story. Imagine all of those trips yeah. it's been on. Imagine all of the journeys, all the adventures. Oh, I remember. Remember, see that tear there? Which you mended. <laughs> remember when we did that? Because like so and so. Yeah, that line nearly got through, came through our tent. Um, you know, so instead of like chucking that away, saying that's rubbish, I'm going to get a new one. You say... This is creating, this item is creating something more than just owning a possession, you know. And then when you yeah, start sharing it yeah. with people, you're also allowing and enabling other people to have a piece of that. So it's yeah. actually, we've forgotten how joyful it is to look after our stuff and to create that kind of deep connection with the things that we own and love. I, I think that's so, it's really inspiring to hear you say that. And I, I think it's also one of those things where, in a lot of I, I mean maybe in I'm sure in the tent industry there is there is innovation but I, I guess in many ways for the most part a tent today that is made that you buy brand new in a shop is functionally very similar to a tent that was made maybe 40 years ago yeah. um, and you know the same can't always be said for every product in our lives and but you know and, and I think about that with things like shoes and, and luggage and, 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 you know, so many things around the home, which, you know, even a sofa, it's like these things have not technically changed that much in a very, very long time. Yeah. And, and it's really what's persuading us to buy that new thing. It's maybe not the actual product itself, but the surrounding messaging and marketing status as well so many yeah. other factors aesthetics oh you know i want to repaint my living room so my sofa doesn't mm. match anymore what mm. Mm. yeah <laughs> really yeah. Yeah. you know that's that's <laughs> such a wasteful and, and and we forget what a privilege that is but also don't forget you know so, oh if i want a new sofa i should have a new sofa yeah of course if you want a new sofa have a sofa but think about where you're getting your sofa from where it's coming from and also think about what you're going to do with your old sofa so you know maybe you can give it to some give it to someone who might like it maybe you can you know i've got a sofa that I, the the bed in it didn't work anymore and it was a mm -hmm. it was a bed sofa sofa bed and i put it outside i cover it over when it rains but so, so i sit outside on my sofa 
when mm. when I feel yeah. like it. So that's that's like having yeah. a use intensity. It's used all the time, yeah. and it's still yes, continuing yeah. to be used. I got that so for second hand, so and it's been in my yeah. world, you know. And now it's outside, yeah. so I'm using it as much as I can before yeah. I take it to landfill, you know. Yeah. And I know there's a bag company that actually uses the leather from old sofas to recreate bags. I can't remember what they're oh, called wow. now. Yeah, I just saw them on Instagram. But there's loads of these little enterprises that are popping up everywhere that are, are looking at this incredible resource we have, this incredible resource we have, which we call waste, yeah. which is actually a resource and it should be used, you know. So, so yeah, there's, that, yeah, that's where I'm at. And also nature is... It's really important that we start thinking about how we interact with nature and how we connect to nature. Once you start yeah. connecting to nature and step away from buying stuff, there's a kind of a shift in people's minds about what they need and, and what makes right. them happy and what gives them a sense of well-being, you know, and mm -hmm. and that's why Tenshare is there as well to be able to create an affordable access to to mm -hmm. camping and and therefore nature. So yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. lots to lots to yeah. talk about there. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I uh, know. I I guess I I was maybe gonna play uh, maybe a devil's advocate slightly on on something you're talking about because I want to see a world where we all you know myself included. I try I try my best, but I know that sometimes you can fall fall foul of even your own best intentions but hmm. how how does one convince someone especially in a you know a challenging time around the world I think this cost of living crisis hmm. and and things getting more expensive all the time when I don't want to specifically call out Primark but they're a name <laughs> that comes to mind like the one could go to a Primark and buy a, a blanket they probably sell tents too I don't know but something that's just almost unfathomably cheap versus actually spending that money. And in the best will in the world, people get caught by that lag mm. and that impulse. How, how, do we, how do we tackle that? How, do, how does this, the world tackle that? Because it feels like a very difficult bandwagon to get off of. It, it does. And, and, and that's, that's exactly what I was going to say about nature. It's like marketing has a big part to play in this mindset shift. Yeah. And so yeah. nature has, ha I mean, has absolutely no budget for their marketing. <laughs> so that's a good point. That's what, we're, that's what we're up against, you know. If we're yeah. advocating for nature and for our planet, where's their marketing budget? Who's, who's mm. bringing them to the boardroom? You know, where's, mm -hmm. you know, faith in nature is such an inspirational business. They have actually employed a lawyer to represent nature in their boardroom. Yeah. I had heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one of the, yeah, I saw one of the, I don't know who it was, but she was speaking about, about this. And she said, once nature came to the boardroom, <laughs> the whole conversation was transformed. Yeah. Um, just yeah. everything, everything that we said had to run, be run through nature and what nature might think about that. And, and and she said it was incredible, even to the fact that everyone became more collaborative, more open to wider ideas and so for me that's inspirational and they're and they're making a success of it so there's a there's yeah. a business model that's successful you know and that's yeah. why it's so important for me 
to be for Tentshare to be successful, to be used by everybody, to prove that we can have business models that maybe are not, you know, our, my, my intention for Tentshare is not to grow so that I can be a millionaire. My intention for Tentshare is to be able to scale so that we can offer as many people as possible this model. And so yeah. you say about the cost of living crisis, well, tent share steps in there, you buy a tent or you own a tent, you can start making some money from it. And plus yeah. also yeah. the money's not going up to the yeah. fat cats. The money's yeah. staying within yeah. our local community. I'm giving, yeah. if I go and rent a tent from you, James, I'm giving yeah. you my money. We're having a yeah. transaction. We're also having a human transaction. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so and so the, we kind of in this model, the sharing economy model, this circular model, we're kind of sidestepping the bigger this growth yeah. G, GDP economy, which everyone says it's got to go up, up. We have to grow, 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 grow. But what goes up mm. must come down. <laughs> and no yeah. one's thought about that. How are we going to create a landing for that mm. for that? Yeah. Down. Uh, yeah. It's and it's it's becoming more conscious of. You know, I, I guess like everyone cares about the things that are maybe easiest to measure and you can measure GDP with various numbers. But, but you know, and I'm no economist myself, but no, like, me either, me either. it's always <laughs> making me conscious of even with, as we were talking about uh, carbon footprint, like we, we talk about the measurement of carbon footprint because it is one of the vaguely natural things that we can assign a number to but yeah, it's the, a way there's it's a, so many other attributes here that are like very immeasurable but but that it would probably be a good idea if we do more of of, of some of this good stuff that's maybe doesn't quite we don't have a way to quantify it today um, exactly and have you yeah. heard of the triple bottom line I that rings a bell. You may yeah. have to remind me. Uh, Asking that purely for our listeners because I obviously know. What obviously, <laughs> yeah. I think it was John Elkington who I think it was him who created it. So what what he talks about is, of course, the only way that we can me measure a success of a business is through profit. That's the only that's the only way we can measure if it's a success, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that a good business leader spends all their time getting mm -hmm. profit. Right. Mm. And that means that any moral questions, anything like that, mm. any other kind of if, if you get sidetracked by whether it's a good idea to pay people less because of their well-being, then you're not really being a good business leader because you're not making the best success of it. Right. That's that's how we work currently. And what John Elkington, I'm pretty sure it's him. I might I'll stop saying his name because it might not be him. <laughs> what he posits is that at the bottom of a profit and loss sheet should be planet accounted for mm -hmm. people accounted for and then profit underneath that mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. tentshare can do that we can account for the planet through like you say the very clunky measurement of carbon savings use intensity mm -hmm. and carbon efficiency mm -hmm. savings we can account for the bottom line for people because we're allowing people to make money from an asset they already own and then mm, yeah. and then we look at the profit and that which, creates but which that, still yeah yeah sorry no, no, no. And, but that creates what that creates is when a business leader has got their eye on planet people and profit then the measurement of success which we currently work by mm. is is going to be watered down so maybe mm. tent shares profit is going to take longer to mm -hmm. emerge but 
I can quantify what I'm doing for the planet and what I'm doing for the people already. For me, that's a success yeah. because I work on the triple yeah. bottom line. I don't work on the bottom Absolutely. line. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that, that definition of, I mean, I think it's come up on this podcast a few times where so many of us, we, we have this perception of success, which is almost come from Hollywood and yeah. things where success equals popping champagne on a mega yacht or, or things like this. And I think some of the most interesting findings I've had for myself have been my own definition of success changing over the years and yeah. realizing actually so much of that is a superficial so much of that for me was very superficial and actually there's so much more that's like integral to you and and what you were saying at the start around having such clear values as an individual and running a business that you know and understand and are proudly is proudly totally aligned with your values that sounds a lot like success if i if i may may dare yeah. say and yeah i think i think that's just such a fascinating sort of other whole topic there of like people's definition of success yeah and how that relates to business for yeah. sure is, is... and what and what wealth means to you you know we talk in terms mm -hmm. of or i in some of my communities and collaborations we talk in terms of health so it's wealth with an h and so you know okay wealth yeah. means health and satisfaction and joy and and mm. um abundance it doesn't necessarily have to yeah. be to be financial i did yeah. want to also yeah. briefly talk about camp light i work very closely oh yeah please yeah do. is that yeah, right i know i know that yeah that i mean this this half hour has flown by rebecca i, <laughs> I was like it, looking at the clock and thinking oh my goodness how have we already done half an hour but yeah please do before we wrap up the show yeah please yeah. do yeah, sure, yeah. So I've worked for a couple of years with a business called Camplight. And what Camplight do, I said I was going to talk about festivals. What Camplight do is rescue tents that have been left behind at festivals, clean oh, them up, repair right. them, and then re-rent them back to festival goers. So it's a very simple oh, model. Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. the use intensity, obviously. So we, we it's very labour intensive, but the use intensity is obviously driven and because we're picking up tents that have already been used at least once so we've yeah. we've started on that journey already um yeah. but camp light worked at like 13 festivals this year and we calculated the use intensity <clears throat> for all of those festivals and we made a, a carbon efficiency saving of about 85 tons of carbon wow which is to put that into context wow. to put that into context that is about 214 213 return flights to madrid oh my goodness and that, that has is all it is incredible but that has all come from people taking tents so we're all tent mechanics we're all trained to do this mm. we clean them we're on our hands and knees cleaning them we're on our hands and knees in all weathers mending them repairing them must be a grubby job <laughs> <laughs> pitching them pitching them for yeah. festival t so when a festival attendee arrives and this is this is the thing right this is another example of where where people are, are misunderstanding where their joy lies and um, so mm. we rent these out so they're pre-pitched you arrive they're pre-pitched and mm. they have a sleeping bag and a, a roll mat and a chair and that costs per person about £45 for the whole festival weekend, right? So mm. it's affordable. But what we have a lot of times is people saying, why would I spend £45 on a, t on a tent when I can buy one for 30 quid and keep it? Well, mm. if you buy a 30 quid tent, that's not going to keep you dry. 
It's a single skin. We don't rent those. We don't sat. We don't rescue those tents. We won't touch those tents because they're absolutely useless. They're they're not fit for purpose and they shouldn't be manufactured. But B, what you're forgetting is that you can. You don't have to carry all your stuff. If you if you rent a tent with Camp Light, you're not carrying all your stuff. You arrive and someone friendly is there to greet you. Your tent has been pitched for you. Yeah. Plus, you'll get an aroma and a, a, a sleeping bag if if the package yeah. includes it, and and at the end of the festival, you walk away, and yeah. someone else puts it down and takes it away. But people are like, "Why would I do that? What, for, for, spend forty five quid?" Because people are like, well, "Of course, the first thing I'm going to do if I need something or I want something, I'm just going to buy it." Yeah, and and we yeah, and we, our brains have been trained on that yeah. over years and years. The marketing they? budget on yeah. on getting people to do that has been astronomical. Yeah, and also I would just say haters are going to hate, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're always going to get them. You can't please everyone. <laughs> no, <you can't. laughs> on on that note Rebecca I I would I feel like we could easily fill another hour talking about this I it's absolutely been an honor a pleasure speaking with you today I want to make sure there's a couple of things I know you've kind of already given us so much advice but I know you wanted to specifically call out about spending time in nature right Um, yeah yeah. out into nature it will boost your mood it will boost your physical well-being it will just boost everything yeah. also if you take one action just use what you already have play the game i play this game mm. and don't don't get me wrong i am by no means perfect we have been yeah. so brainwashed into buying you occasionally yeah. i find myself doing it and, and i'm like oh my god i can't even believe i did that (laughs) what have i done (laughs) so you know and i've been training myself for years to stop doing that so it's hard you know we know it's hard but the game is the game that i play is can i use i'm not going to buy anything new don't buy anything new game plus nothing goes to landfill game keep it all out of landfill buy nothing new once you start doing that we're starting to be looking at a more regenerative we need to be move beyond sustainability sustainability is about balancing regenerative is about giving back to the planet yeah and i am hearing that phrase regenerative more and more and more than it's a hard one yeah and the other thing is please if you want to support tent share please do list your tent onto the tent share platform i want to see tents across the nation for everybody to use and borrow and enjoy camping if you want i know not everyone likes camping but no well and i i might have to go on there and see if i can find one so yeah Yeah, well let me know thank you rebecca and we'll link to as many of the things you mentioned as possible in the show notes but we will make sure especially your website tentshare.co.uk is going to be linked and you can find rebecca and tentshare on all the usual channels and we'll link all of those in the show notes so thank you rebecca it's been an absolute joy to speak to you today i look forward to speaking to you again soon and thank you everybody for listening and hopefully you've enjoyed the show thanks james cheers